Welcome to Critical Thinking Required, hosted by LBW. Our goal is simple. We want to challenge you to think differently about finance and business. Join us and start the journey today. Welcome back to Critical Thinking Required. You're with your hosts, myself, Tim Bickmore, and my two partners in crime, Dan Weiss and Nathaniel Leach. And today we're going to continue our mini-series on biases. And today we're going to talk about the bandwagon bias. So as always, I'm going to give you guys a definition, our listeners. Um, and we're going to talk about bandwagon bias. I'm going to give you a definition. So a tendency to want to conform, be part of the crowd, to do things because others are doing them or believe them, also known as herd mentality and can be similar to groupthink. So what we want to talk about today is very interesting because it is extremely prevalent within our industry when it comes to investment management as well as financial planning. And since I have my uh, partner in crime here, Dan, who talks with a lot of our clients, I'm going to kick it over to him so he can discuss how people just fall into this type of thinking. Dan? I don't think a day goes by that we, uh, we don't see this concept play in. You know, the bandwagon concept is actually a type of groupthink. Groupthink has been around since uh, 1971, um, I believe first brought up by, Ir- by Irving Janus. Uh, you know, it's, there's reasons why it, it happens. Uh, we might see gr- a bandwagon thinking mentality show up simply because it's easier. You don't have to put in the work if someone else has done it. Hopefully you're right about that they've put in the work. We might see it because it makes a person feel safe because they might see it as safety in numbers. Uh, it might be like, like Tim mentioned, uh, a conformity issue where uh, a person just simply wants to be included or they're afraid of being pushed aside or ostracized for not being part of the group. Um, it, it might be the fact that because it's popular, there might be reasons that are emphasized as to why it's popular that make you think that it's right. And I think, Human beings have a really big issue with not being right. So if it means that you can look right, then you might as well make it right. Overall, I think it happens because it's natural. I think it's a, a natural bias, which makes it really difficult to acknowledge and recognize them. And they occur without you even realizing it, unless you do some things to try not to uh, um, fall victim to that. Dan, those are always interesting thoughts, Dan. And Honestly, I think I believe bandwagon bias after I was doing some research on it was I don't I don't know this for a fact, so don't quote me on it, but I believe from a political standpoint it was used in I think it was the seventies or earlier. There was a certain politician who kind of coined the idea to be able to then produce um followers, right? And to be able to get votes. And so it's very prevalent this type of bias within the the political realm, which is quite interesting, but it does feed into our realm. Like Dan's mentioning from a financial planning, it's very part of us. But Nathaniel um, also can talk about it, how it relates to investment management or trading or looking at the markets. Nathaniel? So I thought about this for a bit before we recorded this, and there's a, there's a few great examples that I can think of. Uh, you can apply it to both individual companies as well as a group of companies from an investment point of view. So, for example, from a single company standpoint, great example is Valiant Pharmaceuticals. So back in uh, 15 and 16, the company basically blew up. You now know it as Bausch Healthcare, I think is what they call it now. Up until it, it cratered, a, a good number of investors 
prominent investors thought it was the bee's knees. And investors really bid up the price of that stock. And at its height, it was at, uh, I think, $240 a share or somewhere around there. And then it subsequently cratered to, at its low, I think it was at $9, $10, I want to say. At least 15 but definitely hit 15 So it, it, was, it was interesting to watch from an educational perspective. People were drawn in by the concept of what they were basically doing was they're a roll-up. And, and they, they rolled up pharmaceutical companies. And then what they did was they basically cut uh, research and development. And then they just sold the drugs that the companies owned and then just reaped the windfall. So the, the return on investment was, was relatively good. But it turned out that they were doing some sketchy things to sell those drugs. And it, eventually it came back to bite them. And uh, they lost investor confidence and the, the stock price subsequently fell. So that's an example for the single company. Uh, another, a, a couple good examples of the whole um, people getting on the bandwagon when it comes to a group of companies is uh, in the 60s and 70s, there was a group of companies called the Nifty 50. So the Nifty 50 were, were large cap companies that were viewed as companies that their prices would never fall because they had risen at such a steady clip for so long. But then the bear market happened and all of the prices of those companies fell. So the illusion was shattered. And these were, these were good companies. There was no doubt about it for, for most of them. But their prices got away from their underlying values and that the prices were greater than the underlying values. But what typically happens is eventually the music stops. And the music definitely did stop. Uh, the, the next example I was thinking of is that I think the argument could be made that there is something equivalent to the Nifty 50 going on today, and that is index investing in the form of the S&P 500 is what I, I would uh, suggest. Because what's happened is, is since the, the Great Recession, the, the Great Financial Crisis in 08 and 09, the, the S&P 500 has appreciated nearly four and a half, a little bit more than four and a half times from its lows. So that, that's quite a good return in, in going on 12, 11, 12 years. I think that there's a general consensus that people think that the markets will continue to go up simply because they've been going up for the last 11, 12 years. That's not how history works. Eventually, it will fall. When or how it does, I mean, we we have seen a, a, a little bit of a hiccup when, when COVID hit, and, and I think that potentially down the road, we could see more uh, such volatility as we did then, perhaps even worse. I, I have no idea by how much worse or how, or maybe not as much, but one day it will come down again. The interesting is I, I, I don't disagree with you that uh, there's some volatility that is most likely going to be in the future at some point um you could probably make arguments for either way at this at this juncture of where we currently stand um with covid which is i guess time stamping this podcast but overall coming from a financial planning perspective when it comes to bandwagon bias uh, i think my favorite example is dan and i were talking with the client and i think dan can actually relate to this a little bit more than i can because he has a beautiful daughter and 
our client was talking about how he went out onto his patio and he lives in a sub a subdivision and he can see everyone else's backyards from his patio. And he saw all of these rainbow play sets. Uh, Dan corrected me earlier today, said that they are rainbow play sets. And I guess these play sets are, are nice and great for kids. And he just felt like he was left out. Like he should have a rainbow play set for his kids. And he ended up getting one because, and he literally admitted like, Oh, I got one because everyone else had one. Um, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way at, at all, because it's just real. Like that's, that's real life. That that's, that happens to people. People see others driving BMWs or they see certain things and they want to be a part of that. And maybe they don't really care that much about cars, but it could be a status symbol. And that really drives me into a thought process that's, but it comes to absolute versus relative thinking when it comes to financial planning. Absolute thinking is really thinking about yourself and your household and what are your values inside that household and what do you want to achieve? And we see all of the time within our process, we will do an expense analysis and we will have the insight into people's individual pictures and we'll get constantly asked, well, how do I compare to the rest of your clients? And our answer always is, it doesn't matter. And they say, well, what about if you looked at it from the standpoint of net worth and assets? How do I compare to them? And then we, again, repeat ourselves. I don't know and I don't care because it doesn't matter because it really just matters to who, what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. But it's very difficult because, again, you may walk out and maybe you don't care about cars and you have a Prius, but your neighbor is driving this really nice BMW or this Audi and you know, maybe you want that. But the other hard part to this as well that feeds into a whole other issue is you don't know how they achieved those goals. You don't know if they earned it through hard-earned money. You don't know if they, if they may have got it through inheritance. You don't know if they're loaded with debt because in the United States, it's taboo to ask questions like that. We can't ask questions to our neighbors about how they make money or Dan, you know, mentioned maybe they stole it. I don't know. But overall, you just don't know the story unless you actually ask. And we have the privilege to ask clients because it's our job. And I will tell you, everybody is very different and they come across their wealth in very different ways. And nobody is the same. They may look similar, but nobody's the same. And my last comment too, when it comes to all this is I think the information age promotes a lot of this bandwagon bias because we can see a lot of things all the time. We're getting flooded with information constantly. And if you look at Instagram or Facebook, you know, and you're looking at it from a wealth perspective, it, it's difficult. I mean, you see a lot, like Dan has a wonderful, wonderful example from a jeweler, a friend of ours, who said that these that younger kids are coming in and buying big rings because they're seeing those big rings on Instagram and they want to match that. You know, it be, this, is a, this becomes a real problem because maybe you can't afford it. Maybe that, or maybe it's not what you really value. Maybe you want to get a red ruple because that's what your significant other really wants. But instead, you're going to get a diamond because of Instagram. So this bandwagon bias from a financial planning perspective is, becomes a very real very quickly. And as Dan mentioned, it's natural for us. You have to make sure that you recognize. And I think Nathaniel will, uh, tells me all the time, what are your core values? You know, go back to the basics, go back to what you really believe in and make sure you know what your core values are and stop allowing other people's values to dictate who you are. Be an individual, be independent. Uh, the other part of that story with the jeweler that makes it even more fascinating is not only are they putting them on social media, but that jeweler said that people are coming in with their parents that are having to help buy those rings because they can't afford the rings to begin with, but they think everyone's 
got a big ring, so they've got to have it. Just crazy. I mean, we just see it so so many places. Whether it's the whether it's elections, like Tim said, fashion, cars, music, social networking, media, diet fat, it's, it's all over the place. Um, I'm going to give a final thought here, but there's before I hit that, there's a you know the question where we hit a lot of these biases too is what do you do about it? How, how do you combat this natural feeling? Uh, and there's a couple things you can do. One of which is encourage other perspectives and opinions to come to the table. If you only have one opinion, you're going to have bandwagon things and bias. That's the way it works. Uh, and also, don't be afraid to give your opinions or try to create an environment where you're not afraid to give your opinions. I know that can be tough some, sometimes. Of course, think critically is really important and take time to think. So the, actually, that last one, too, has come up, I think, maybe on each one of the, the biases that we've talked about is that when you're rushed, you don't make best decisions. So if you take time to think, you know, which can be uncomfortable at times, but it's really mainly uncomfortable for you usually. You just end up with a better decision. So the oh, other please. thing too, and I'm, t I'm stealing this directly from Nathaniel, is another way to combat this, ask questions and be the stupid person in the room. And uh, don't yeah, be scared. Absolutely. And I, I will be very frank and say that I have learned to do that. And that comes straight from Nathaniel. As I am less worried about what people think, I just want to make sure I understand it. And it may, and I may ask dumb questions that they're like, why don't you know this? I don't care. I don't know it. So I, I need to understand it. I need to process it. So thank you, Nathaniel. I, I will, I will, that was my, just wanted to add that in there. Happy to help. Absolutely. And mainstream may only be mainstream because you made it so. Not necessarily because it's right or it makes sense. Uh, what Dan says really rings true. Think for yourself. It, it's not meant to be a criticism. It's meant to be a fact. Understand who you are, what your principles are, and then act accordingly. There is no such thing as a stupid question. I guess I would say with, with my final thoughts, be rational. Be rational with yourself. Be honest with why you want to buy that new car or that new, that new playset for your kids. Just be honest with yourself. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it because everybody else around you is doing it? If that's the case, then, then what's the point? Put that money elsewhere. Put that money in, in your emergency fund, in your kid's college education if you wanted to. Pay down debt. There's, there's better uses for that money than and jumping on the bandwagon. I think my final thought would, is really tied into what you guys were talking about. And I think you hit it on the head as mainstream, mainstream. I do think that people are uncomfortable with being individualized or being individualistic. And you really have to come to terms with who you are. And that takes a lot of practice. <laughs> but if you can really figure that out, you can start optimizing your life and you can start optimizing your dollar if you can really truly understand what you value. But I'm not gonna sugarcoat it and say that you can just do it right away and it's just gonna happen. It takes practice, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes work. But if you can find that piece of it, it can be, it will be like lemons and you can then produce lemonade. It really can. We are excited to continue this mini series on biases. And again, thank you to all of our listeners for listening to a few guys talk about stuff they love. We appreciate you, your continued support, and we will talk to you next time.
Thank you for taking the time to start your journey of thinking differently and listening to LBW talk about stuff they love. Until next time. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual on any specific security, on any specific broker-dealer or custodian. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments, broker-dealer or custodian may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC. Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC, and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC, unless a client service agreement is in place.